Good evening, my dear friends and curious souls. Welcome to Mysteries After Dark, a horror podcast. My name, you may wonder. Just think of me as your old grandpa, spinning tales from a time long gone, and some from not-so-distant past. In my younger days, my grandkids would crowd around me, their eyes wide in anticipation or fear, eager for the evening's gruesome tales. Now I extend this tradition, this gift, to you. So pull up a chair, stoke that fireside, and let the shadows dance on every corner of the room. Let's journey together into the heart of darkness, where we unmask the unseen, discover forbidden secrets, and unburden the forgotten tales of the past. So dim the lights, my friends, and let's delve into the mysteries that emerge only after dark on our wonderful, unnerving journey. Dear Mysteries After Dark Podcast, Allow me to take you back in time to an event that is burned into my memory and one that my parents shared with me. We found ourselves on this newly constructed highway known as Dang Hari, or King's Road. Picture this. A pitch-black road, tall grass swaying ominously in the wind on either side, and not a single streetlight in sight, creating a stark contrast of bright headlights against the surrounding darkness. As we were cruising along at 100 km h, our journey was interrupted by a sudden apparition. A woman, clothed entirely in white, crossed our path seemingly out of nowhere. Her lost demeanor under the cloak of night nearly led us to collide with her. Swiftly pulling over to the side, we braced ourselves for the worst. However, when my dad and I stepped out of the car, we were met, not with a body strewn across the asphalt, but with emptiness. My dad, a look of confusion on his face, asked me to inspect the front of the car. As I turned, a chill ran down my spine. There in the distance was the lady, still clothed in white, striding towards me. Her appearance was hauntingly captivating. Yet as she lifted her face towards mine, a horrifying sight met my eyes. Her face, once concealed in shadows, was revealed to be horrifically burnt. The sight of her charred flesh was so startling that I could barely keep myself from screaming. Without wasting another moment, my dad and I sprinted back to the car and sped away from the scene. The image of her face, to this day, remains an eerie memory etched into my mind. Stay tuned to find out what happened next, right after the break. Dear Mysteries After Dark podcast, allow me to set the scene for you. Picture a classic two-story house. Upstairs, two bedrooms and a bathroom. Downstairs, the same with an added dining room and kitchen. A seemingly normal home with a chilling secret. That's where this true tale takes place. My partner Chip and I had just moved in. Chip, a typical man, had forgotten his towel while going for a bath upstairs. Naturally, he called out for my assistance. I gathered a towel and made my way up the eerie staircase. Once upstairs, I was met with the locked bathroom door. Chip asked for a moment, so I stepped back, leaning against the wall opposite one of the bedrooms. 
The room was dim, but as my eyes adjusted, I noticed something unusual. There on the bed was what looked like a young boy. Startled, I hesitated before inching closer to confirm what I was seeing. My heart pounded against my chest as I realized, yes, there was indeed a boy sitting on the bed. His gaze was fixed on me, a chilling aura surrounding him. The house was empty, just Chip in the bathroom and myself in the hallway. Panic washed over me. I started pounding on the bathroom door, tears streaming down my face. Chip, alarmed, let me in, and I explained the terrifying sight in the bedroom. He went to check but found the room empty. While he didn't witness it, I'm certain of what I saw. And it felt like its sole intention was to instill fear. Needless to say, we didn't stick around for long. About a month later, we packed our bags and moved out. Make of that what you will, but it's a chilling memory I'll never forget. And there you have it. A true tale that still sends shivers down my spine. Until next time, dear listeners, keep your eyes open and your lights on. It's a strange world out there. Remember to always double-check those seemingly empty rooms. Yours in mystery, Carolyn. Dear Mysteries After Dark Podcast, Imagine this, it's around 5.30 in the morning. My husband and I, deep in our dreams, are startled awake by our eldest son, James. He stumbles into our room, rubbing sleep from his eyes, and whispers something about being unable to sleep. With the pre-dawn darkness wrapped around our house like a shroud, I tell him to head back to his room and try to catch a few more winks before breakfast. He agrees, reluctantly, and I watch him disappear down the hallway, his silhouette swallowed up by the darkness. But then, not even a heartbeat later, an ear-splitting scream rends through the night. James comes bolting back into our room. His feet pound against the hardwood floor, his breaths coming in ragged gasps. He barrels into our bed, trembling like a leaf. He keeps repeating one phrase over and over like a broken record. There's something in my bed! I finally manage to calm him down and coax the story out from his lips. He tells me that when he walked back into his room, he saw something on his bed. What he described chilled me to my bones. He claimed there was a huge creature, something akin to a monkey, just perched on his bed. The creature was breathing heavily, its chest heaving in the dim light. But the part that really hit me was when he said that this beast had blue eyes, the same shade of blue as his. I know this sounds as if it's straight out of a horror movie, but James is anything but a liar. He's a sensible kid, with his feet firmly planted on the ground. When I checked his bed, what I saw made my blood run cold. At the spot where James claimed the creature was sitting, there was a deep indent, as though something heavy had indeed been there. I couldn't deny the evidence before me. From that day on, James shares a room with his younger brother, the other room, the one that housed the beast? It remains sealed, a chilling reminder of the pre-dawn terror we experienced. Join me next time for another chilling tale. Remember, the night is dark and full of mysteries. Until then, keep the lights on.
Dear Mysteries After Dark podcast, let me take you back to 1989. I was 14 then, and my family and I found ourselves moving into a new home. It was a quaint place, conveniently located just behind our school, which we later graduated from. This was the first home that my mother ever purchased, and the price tag was surprisingly cheap. An irresistible deal, it seemed. In the beginning, nothing felt off, at least to me. It was just a regular house in a regular neighborhood. But my youngest sister, she sensed something else. She always felt eyes on her, as though an unseen presence was constantly watching her. It made her uncomfortable from the very start. Still, we brushed it off, attributing it to her vivid imagination. However, the house soon started revealing its peculiarities. My bedroom door, for instance, developed a mind of its own. The handle would turn, the door would creep open, then slowly close again. This cycle would continue until I firmly said, Stop. And as if listening, whatever was causing this phenomenon would move on to my sister's door. The oddities didn't end there. My mother began seeing shadowy figures darting across the bathroom wall. I too witnessed the presence of these shadow people, three of them, standing eerily by my bed. My sister once heard me call her from the basement while she was doing laundry. The catch? I wasn't at home. I had a similar experience while doing laundry in the basement. I clearly heard my mother's voice calling me from the top of the stairs, but she was nowhere to be found. Even the attic window displayed its own set of supernatural quirks. It would spontaneously fly out of its frame, landing on the roof. One time I even heard my brother's footsteps echoing through the house before he had actually arrived home. So, dear listeners, this was the haunted house we lived in. Cheap property, school in the backyard, and a set of ghostly roommates. What more could a teenager ask for? What's next? Well, you'd have to tune in for the next episode. Make sure you do, you wouldn't want to miss it, would you? Until then, stay curious, stay vigilant. Good night, Mysteries After Dark. Dear Mysteries After Dark podcast, let me tell you about an unforgettable incident that happened when I was just 12 years old, living in beautiful Port Louis, the capital of Mauritius. You know those days when life is simple and ordinary? But sometimes the ordinary can suddenly turn extraordinary. I lived in this towering three-story house with a room on the top floor that nobody ever visited. It wasn't fear, it was more of an eerie feeling that the room gave off. On that fateful day, I had the unenviable task of tidying it up. I pushed open the creaking door and stepped into the room, and then a chilling thump. The door slammed shut behind me. My heart pounded as I spun around, clutching the doorknob and rattling it in vain. Then from the cold silence came a noise, a faint rustle, and there she was. A white-clad figure, head bowed, standing unnervingly still. Terror gripped me and I screamed for help, but my cries echoed in the empty house. With trembling legs, I forced myself to inch towards her. Then she lifted her head, and there was nothing. No features, just a blank space. My scream hung in the air, and then, just like smoke, she vanished into thin air. Shaken, 
My family and I sought out our landlord, who let slip that our home was built atop an old cemetery. Needless to say, we packed up and moved out the next week. To this day, that spine-tingling encounter remains etched in my memory. Remember to stay tuned for the next spine-chilling episode of Mysteries After Dark podcast. Dear Mysteries After Dark podcast, This is a story of a haunting experience that happened to me about 10 months ago. It seems like a common scene from a horror movie, but this was my reality. I began to sense a presence like someone or something was watching me as I drifted to sleep. It was as real as the sound of my own breath. When I shared this with my then-boyfriend, he merely dismissed it as an overactive imagination. One night, his friend came over and pointed out an anomaly in the Santeria bracelets I always wore. He noticed that one of the eyes on my bracelet had two black dots instead of one, a sign of the evil eye. Believing his theory, we decided to burn it. The other bracelet seemed fine, so I let it be. That night, I slept peacefully for the first time in days. But then I had a strange dream about the burnt bracelet still being intact. I woke up on my back, which was odd because I usually sleep on my stomach and don't move much. It was around 5.30 a.m. I could hear my brother getting ready for school. As I tried to fall back asleep, a chilling sensation swept over me. Suddenly I was pinned down to my bed, unable to move or scream. It felt as if the wind was rushing through my ears, getting louder and more intense. It was like something was trying to yank me out of my body. I prayed silently pleading for this to stop. When it did, I found that it was 6.15 a.m. I looked at the remaining bracelet and to my shock, one of the eyes now had two black dots. This was impossible because it had none when we had checked earlier. My grandma, who has an uncanny connection with the spirit world, told me there was a spirit, an incubus, who coveted my body. He haunted my dreams, disguising himself as people I knew. He tried to pin me down several times, but failed. Ever since, I've become more attuned to the presence of spirits. I've also devised ways to protect myself. Rearranging my room to confuse the spirit, placing a glass of water and ammonia under my bed, and burning lavender incense to induce sleep. I'm not sure what would have happened if I had allowed the experience to continue. I don't want to find out. All I can say is if you ever feel like something isn't right, trust your instincts. Don't just lay there and take it. Thanks for listening, and as always, keep the lights on. Dear Mysteries After Dark Podcast, I'm writing to share a chilling encounter that had me startled in the early hours of the morning, wide awake and gripped with fear. To put you in the picture, I've never been one to believe in apparitions or ghostly phenomena. My upbringing was rooted in Southern Baptist principles. However, my spiritual compass has been wavering of late, oscillating between faith and skepticism. My mother, a key figure in my life, often claimed to have visions. 
As a child, I found these hard to believe. These visions became more frequent and unnerving during my senior year in college, coinciding with my parents' messy divorce. She ended up committed for a month in a mental health hospital, which distanced me from her, pushing me closer to my father. Despite the impact of these experiences, I never truly believed in the supernatural until one fateful evening in my New York City apartment. The day was May 22, 2007, and I just lost my job and was on the brink of a significant move to Chicago. I awoke from a deep sleep, feeling an uncanny presence near my hand. Instantly, my mind associated the sensation with a dog, specifically my childhood pet, Ginger. But Ginger was long dead, and there were no dogs in my current dwelling. In disbelief, I forced my eyes open, only to find nothing there. But the eerie sensation returned this time, stronger and more tangible. I could feel the fur brushing against my hand. I tried to dismiss it as a trick of my mind, but the fear began to creep in. Fighting the heavy, paralyzing sensation, I turned to face the source. What I saw was not a dog, but a young woman on her knees by my bed, her face concealed by long strands of hair. She was focused on something she was doing to my hand. I was frozen in fear. All I could manage were the words, get, get, get away from me. Please get away from me. After this terrifying encounter, I was left shaken and questioning my reality. I've lived in this apartment for nearly five months, and this was the first time I've encountered something like this. I've never indulged in any substances, and I maintain a healthy lifestyle, so I know it wasn't a hallucination. I'm left wondering if this apparition had always been present in my previous episodes of feeling a heavy, weighted force, but I was too frightened to face it. Now I'm looking for answers and understanding. Have any of you listeners experienced similar encounters? Have you felt the same heavy, paralyzing feeling when facing apparitions? I'm dreading the nightfall, fearing the return of the apparition. I'll keep you posted if anything else happens. Thank you for lending an ear. I eagerly await your thoughts. Warm regards. Yer. Dear Mysteries After Dark Podcast, let me take you on a journey back to my formative years, a time when my psychic abilities were at their peak. For the first quintet of my life, my psyche was finely tuned into the ethereal world, a period oddly blank in my memory, yet vividly remembered by my parents. One night when I was merely four years old, a curious incident occurred. My brother and I were fast asleep in our room upstairs. The hands of the clock pointed to ten, a time when the world outside was veiled in darkness and our house was quiet. It was during this tranquil time that my parents were hit with some somber news. They received a phone call, a bearer of the sad tidings that my dad's grandmother had passed away. It was a blow to their hearts. They spent the following hour engrossed in discussion, hatching a plan for the upcoming funeral. My father handled the professional commitments while my mother started the process of packing. I awoke to the sound of rustling clothes and the sight of my mother gathering our belongings. In my groggy state, I asked her what was happening. 
She settled next to me on the bed, her eyes reflecting sorrow, and revealed that my great-grandmother had passed away. But I already knew. I told her, it's okay, Mom. I had a dream about her. She told me not to be afraid. Looking back at this uncanny event a decade later, a wave of emotions overcame me. There was a sense of melancholy for losing my memories and my once strong psychic abilities. But there was also a feeling of joy, a strange pride, in having once possessed such a gift. Even though I can no longer converse with the spirits I sense, I hold on to a glimmer of hope. Maybe one day, I will be able to awaken these suppressed memories. Until then, let's keep exploring the mysteries of the night. Dear Mysteries After Dark Podcast, I want to share an incredible encounter from my past that's bound to pique your curiosity. It's a tale from about a year ago, set in the attic bedroom of my mum's house. Before your imagination runs wild, let me clarify. This isn't your typical spooky attic story. Instead, it's something that left me filled with wonder and intrigue. Here's the setting. Our family lives in a bungalow, and a few years ago, my mom decided to convert the attic into my new bedroom. Imagine this, a room high up in the house, where the rustling of the wind and the distant hum of the world below has a different resonance. Now I'm one of those people who never forget to draw the curtains at night. The fleeting flashes of light from the passing cars on my walls often keep me awake. However, on this particular night, I had forgotten to close the curtains. It was late, and I had just slipped into bed, lying on my back, facing away from the window. My eyes were still adjusting to the darkness when suddenly the room was bathed in a blinding light. My first thought was that it was either a passing car or perhaps a sudden bolt of lightning. Turning over to face the window, I saw it happen again. A bright light seemed to strike the window. Mystified and a little alarmed, I decided to investigate. Upon checking the window, I found nothing. No burn marks, no damage, not even a crack. Then I looked outside, and the sight that met my eyes was truly astounding. Hovering over my neighbor's garden was a large white orb, roughly the size of a tennis ball, seemingly vibrating with energy. Then it started to move at an astonishing speed, leaving a luminous trail behind it, just like a child waving a sparkler. The movements were so rapid, it was almost teleporting, lighting up the sky with every swift transition. This spectacle lasted for about five minutes before the orb vanished, leaving behind a final burst of light. My mom mentioned the next morning that she had felt a strange urge to look up at my window. When I narrated my experience, she wholeheartedly believed me. I continued to keep my curtains open at night, hoping to witness this phenomenon again. The memory of that encounter rather than instilling fear, fills me with anticipation and a sense of joy. I hope your listeners enjoy this little slice of my life as much as I enjoyed sharing it. Thanks for having me. Warm regards. Neely.
Well, my dear friends, we've reached the end of yet another winding path. As the evening knits the night, drawing its comforting darkness around us, we must part ways, for now. You've traveled with me through unsettling alleyways of thought, and I hope our journey together has both enthralled and enchanted you. Like a spider's web capturing the moonlight in its delicate dew-drenched threads, until we meet again beneath the gossamer glow of the next moon, I urge you to keep your hearts open, your minds sharp, and your spirits daring. Remember, no star is ever out of reach, and no mystery is ever too daunting to seek. This is your humble grandpa, turning the last page of our ebon-bound book for now. May your dreams be wistful, my friends. Farewell from Mysteries After Dark, a horror podcast, and tread softly into the night. <laughs>